Bye, Garrett. Thanks for suffering for so many hours with me. At, at Danny's. Shut up, Matt. It's all on your fault. You weren't here. It was on you because he said he didn't open anything. On the browser? I opened Twitch. <laughs> yeah, on the browser. On the browser. And that's on you. But you didn't tell me about that. Who opens Twitch? I don't fucking stream anything. How was I supposed to know? Pretty sure there was a question in there of like, did you open anything? No, you did not. Was it not? It was turn on things? Fair. You said turn th- turn things off on that. Ladies, get a marriage <laughs> so counselor. Fuck you, man. <laughs> There's no counsel counselor strong enough to deal with our marriage problems. There is not. <laughs> You're not strong enough to deal with it. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your host, Matt Olson, Danny Oakstead, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 136.2 of This Week in MTG. Yeah, something like that. Your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. Over there is Danny. Hey. The guy that opens Twitch on a browser. Fuck you, Matt. That's what I want. Uh, No big G tonight, but we have two fabulous, fantastic guests that are filling in for him this Mm -hmm. evening. First up, we have the MTG Drip himself, Jay. Heyo. And along with him, the other half of Conviction Gaming, we have... Chris Martin at Chisel hey. Gaming on Twitter. How's it going, man? Told you we would be back. Both at the same time. I was not expecting didn't, that. D- didn't expect that, but I didn't uh, either. <laughs> but it worked out so well in the end. Because yeah, when we both had you on, we're like, we'll get you both on around streets of streets of New Capenna, and boom, here it happened. So how excited are you guys about this set? Or well, I mean, I guess it's out now. So how excited are you? After kind of playing around with it a little bit, eh? Unfortunately for me, I haven't had a chance to play with any of the cards. Uh, I did not have any free time the pre-release weekend. I've been looking at what people have been talking about, and I've been looking at cards a little closer and things that I like a little more now that I'm like reading them more out of like the spoiler season uh, scope of that. And Streets of New Capenna just seems to be like a set that is going to like. In, in, in my in my view, is going to be like the building blocks for different styles of decks, and not like add to current decks. But I imagine we're going to get into that here a little more. When we get to the pioneer section. Uh, we got a couple bits of business here. We're going to cover and then jump right into that. So, starting off our episode as we always do, we got to thank our amazing listeners. Those of you that ha- that deal with us, <laughs> listening to us each week. Thank you very much it's greatly appreciated that you're taking your time to listen to us we also want to give a big thank you to the patrons that think that this content is worth supporting monetarily and those people that we're going to give a big thank you to are wade 97 chapman d moose amu the fox colin noah slade third string chapman nikki no modifier steve jacob christian maddie k and barra new to the patron as well we have that he is uh, Bear is new, but we have another one. Oh, really? Yeah, we have uh, Chimera. Oh, my gosh. Chimera has joined the Patreon uh, Legion as well. 
Thank you, Edith. Thank you so very much, and we will be in touch here soon about that. So yeah, I wasn't able to go to town last weekend. Oh, gotcha. Things gotcha. got changed halfway there. Don't you just love when things change? No, I was not very happy about that. I feel ya. My day was not supposed to be like this. There's a lot of changes. But you yeah. volunteered for this. I did not. Bar some issues. No, you you volunteered for it. If you guys would like to support this as well, you can check out our Patreon. We have two tiers, a $3 tier, a $10 tier. Uh, $3 tier gets you put into a monthly drawing for booster packs, and $10 gets you put into a drawing for commander cards that are valued between like $15 and $20. All pretty cool stuff. We have a secret live stream as well for our patrons that we do the drawing from and just kind of like hang out with y'all. The next one is coming up April 7th. So in the Patreon, you'll get a link to the super secret uh, channel there and you can join in. If you want to support the podcast outside of joining Patreon, we have playmats for sale. You can hit us up on any of the social medias and be like, yo, I want a playmat. We'll send it to you. We have sent them to Germany, Canada, California. We don't care where you are. We want you to have these playmats because we believe they are really fucking cool. And uh, if you don't want to hit us up on social media and you're in the Fargo-Moorhead area, go check out our amazing sponsor, J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, and uh, hit them up because they also have our playmats there. They're all $20 a piece. Uh, you got to pay tax over at J-Dub's. Sorry, those are the rules. And uh, speaking of J-Dub's, here's an ad from them now. J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs Sports Cars and Gaming, for supporting us. Now, let's get to what everybody is here for. Or who have left. <laughs> or who have left. Uh, if you've left, thank you for making it this far, and we'll, we'll see you We're sorry for the three-hour delay, Matt. Two hours, sir. Two hours. So let's get to the breakdown here, and I'll tell you how this episode is going to get laid out. Uh, fun fact, the vast majority of this, po- uh, this podcast is going to be Pioneer Talk. And uh, Jay and Chris are going to be like at the helm from this. And I'm very excited to pick their brains. We have questions for them. But starting off, we're going to go to the event results. Uh, We don't have a salt report here. Nope. Other than the fact that Matt was late and we didn't get those broadcasts out. That that is very salty salt report there. Yeah, very salty. From there, we're going to talk about some of the upcoming events real quick. And then, and there's where we're going to have our Pioneer Talk is during the uh, the event results talk. Pioneer Challenge that happened. The, uh, oh, why am I blanking? Mana Traders. The Mana Traders event that happened. It's just like the current format of Pioneer as a whole. And after that uh, is done, that's going to be the bulk. We're going to really just run over the news real quick. There's not too many pieces there. Jump into the concert currency where we talk about price trends and all that stuff because you know magic players love to know what their cards are worth and then from there we are going to end the podcast and y'all can go home finally 
<laughs> after a long day of this. Okay. So, with no big G here, Danny, you want to take the boggle desk or? My yeah. phone's dead. I will take the boggle desk. Because <laughs> we're, you know, professional podcasters here. It's like, I was, I literally stopped at my door before I left and I asked my wife, should I bring my laptop? Should I grab it? It's like, you know what? I'm good. And, and I got here and it's like, man, it's like, nope, I'm, your, my husband's gone. He's I, gone for another four hours. I told, I told you over the text chat, this is going to get held over my head for a while. Okay. You fucking volunteered for this shit. It's helping my grandma, sir. You volunteered for this shit. Okay, so let's talk about this Pioneer Challenge that happened this last weekend. Uh, Jay, Chris, have you guys seen this one that happened? Uh, it posted today, but I'm assuming it was yesterday's challenge on Sunday because that's when they happened. The one on the first or the one on the second? The second. We'll talk about the, the second one. But today's the second. Yeah. How, how do these results officially get posted? Because the Pioneer Challenges happen over the weekend, right? And so the first. So, uh, interesting tidbit. They usually they usually don't. If you if you watch if you watch Twitter and you're in the right circles, you can catch the results the next day. Or if you just so happen to like know enough people that are playing in the challenge, you can like literally like type in Pioneer Challenge on Twitter and search it, and you can find results that way to see like what top date or who's playing in or whatever the case may be. But I usually do a combination of both, and I usually end up catching the results the very next morning. And I usually end up either asking Fire Shoes, and he'll send me the link for that date. So, like, now I can just change the date, whatever I needed to change it to. And I can find the results that way. Very nice, then. Yeah, so this one that I'm looking at is from the Wizards site, uh, official site of May 2nd. Pioneer Challenge. Okay. All right, let's, let's, let's talk about the top winner here, num- uh, numero uno. By Romirto One, coming in with a red deck wins style like burn. Oh, this one happened on the first. Okay, but but I don't I don't think this is like burn. It's more of like prowess damage because it got Chandra Dress to kills three of Bone Crusher Giants, Eidolon of the Great Rebels, Kari Zev Skyship Raider. Just because people want a fucking Ragavan, they will get their fucking Ragavan some way or another. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a great card. With uh, Monastery Swiss Spears, Soul Scar Mages, and two, Danny's favorite little dwarf here, Torbrand, Thane of Redfell. He is solid. My favorite thing I see in here is Soken Zan showing up as a one of. I called that as a spec on my Patreon not too long ago, and it's already doubled since that call, but just want to kind of reiterate that card is far too cheap. It's still only about like two or three dollars. It was like a buck before when I called it, so. Is this, um, is this it's the it's just version? a staple of red deck wins uh, lists, both in Pioneer and Modern, and Legacy for that matter. Just instant speed, make two untapped tokens, and the tokens can have haste, so they can be like, they could be leaning on the aggressive side as well. So it's like, I mean, typically red decks are going to be aggressive, but you can also like look on the fallback method of this is like you got two blockers as well. Yeah, well, I mean, the key here with so so Kenzan is it costs four, but you can reduce that cost with one or by one colorless for each legend that you control legendary creature and if you look at the pioneer list that we're looking at there's uh you've got two kari zevs and you got two torrands so you've got like a couple of ways to actually reduce the cost they're only running as a one of in pioneer and that's largely because there's not as many good legendary threats that are cheap uh, but in modern it synergizes beautifully with the aforementioned ragavan 
Um, you figure Regavan comes down in turn one anyway, so 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 can Zan. Is a th it's a three mana ability. You can use it on turn three if you need to, which in some burn decks in modern three turn three turn four are just so pivotal. So if you're throwing down those two extra hasty spirits, you're you're going to be threatening potentially threatening game with you know the the potential for like a lightning bolt or something. So granted, that's modern. I'm just talking about modern there. But yeah, so Kinzen was like a buck buck twenty five something like that. Uh, it's 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 easily the cheapest of the five Kamigawa lands, and I just think that the price is lower than the demand. So I think that's I think it's just gonna be a steady gainer. It's gonna keep going up over time because of the playability it has. Uh, another quick thing to note here: the Karizev Skyship Raider. If you decide to cast Sokazin on your turn, you will have yeah. a Regavan token until the end of the turn, so that reduces right. it by two. So you get two of them. It synergizes beautifully with Karizev. It's a great call out. Yeah, I don't know how, I don't, just being a one-of, I don't know how well, like crucial and stuff that is, but it is a fun little trick that you can do with this deck. And having those two one-ones, like not a lot of time, they're going to be blocked if you go in swinging, so that can like hit your um, uh, spectacle and stuff very easily there, because no one's going to block a one-one if you're going to be swinging in with like a four-powered uh, Monastery Swift Spirit, they're going to be blocking that. So it's also kind of like can guarantee quote-unquote guarantee some damage for spectacle on skewer the critics or light up the stage there and it also gets around uh great revel because you're not casting anything so you're not going to take any damage off of that as well and speaking of all this stuff like why a one of then if that's the case like there just seems to be so much up up value here aside because this remember the land enters in untapped it, yeah it's, it's a little it's a little interesting. I'm not sure. Um, I guess maybe just the fear of redundancy because they are only running 20 lands here. So if you pull two of them in your opening hand, you're in trouble because you can obviously only use one as a land drop. So I'm guessing it just has to do with how tight the land base is and, and there's not room for the risk of drawing two of them in the same same hand, same game. That is, that's, that my, is that's my hypothesis. I mean, obviously you can discard Silken Zan it, that's how you trigger the ability as you discard it. So duplicates typically are okay. Um, and in modern, you'll see it's run more like a two or a three of for that reason, because there's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more synergy on that front. But yeah, I, I think I'm just guessing on that. I, I don't know exactly. It's a good question. Yeah. So it's a solid card and it is showing up here in this first place deck. Uh, in the sideboard, we got some Chandra Torch of Defiance, like classic, just burn, draw cards make mana cast more things i don't think you're honestly going to be getting to that ult because hopefully you should kill your opponent by by then but we have lava coils red cap melees chain whirlers goblin chain whirlers showing up ramp a four of rampaging ferocidon and three roiling vortex they are not a fan of opponents gaining life in the pioneer format here in this with this red deck wind style no that's more or less they're not a fan of uh they're not a fan of Wynota. Is the Wynota deck gaining a lot of life with uh? The, so it's the fact that whenever creatures enter the battlefield, it deals damage. Does Frostadon do that? Oh, yep. it does. Okay. Yeah, it, it does. I forget about that one little bit there. Creatures entering makes it deal damage. And also, uh, they can't gain life because Prosperous Innkeeper. Prosperous Innkeeper makes them gain life every time a creatures enter the battlefield, so it shuts that off. So it kind of it kind of makes the Wynota deck have to deal with Rampage and Frostadon. So the fact that they got seven of these cards that are kind of like looking at targeting a Winota deck, this deck folds game one to a Winota deck. Would, would that be a correct assessment then? or Possibly. All right. I don't know. Um, that 
I, I would, I would say yes. Folds. I, w- I wouldn't say fold. It's just more or less like a race. Okay. Yeah. Like I was going to say, because this, this deck can race pretty aggressively, too. That so. turn three, turn four race. Right, right. Like, right. can you kill Wynota on three or four? Do you have two double burn spells up? Chandra, Chandra gives, dressed to kill specifically, gives on the, when you're pre sideboard, it gives a lot of reach in this deck because not only is it able to net you some cards if you need them, but you can accelerate with that, that additional one mana each turn. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I would not say that this is, I don't know. I would love to look at the matches. I would not just on paper knowing the Wynota deck and, and Wynota deck's been around a lot longer than this deck for the record. This deck really got, Really got good with Kumano Faces, um, Kakazan. Uh, that was an instrumental card into this as well, just because, again, it's one mana and you get so much reach on that saga. Uh, you get some damage, you get a plus one, plus one counter, uh, and then you get to transform it. So um, I guess my point is like this deck has gotten better uh, with Kamigawa. The Wynota deck got better with Kapena. So it'll be interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure, Jay. I think just, you know, Matchup's going to be really interesting as Capenna gets in there and people tweak Wynota to the new best iteration because there was a few different toys it got from Capenna. The the Mana Traders event opted to not use the newer cards. And oh yeah, found... yeah. That's thank you for clarifying that. That was my that yeah. was actually what I was skidding at. Is I, I'm saying once the Streets of New Capenna cards are you know in, what we're looking at are results pre that. So that's actually really important to clarify. So like. I got to play like a couple events, um, in like a league or two, and like even even with like streets, I'm like, I don't see too much that stands that that goes into Wynota at the current time, because your your flex spots are very very few and far in between. I saw a few a few players tweeting about professional facebreaker was one. Uh, that's the one that's two three menace for three. It's a red. It's it's one red, two generic, and then it, whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create a treasure, sacrifice a treasure, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. I saw people talk about that one. Oh yeah, that dumbass card. <sighs> yeah, that that card's really good. Um, I gotta find the other one. It was it's a green. It's the green one that costs like two mana, and one of its abilities is that every time another creature enters, I think you create a treasure tapped. But Are you, you talking also... Gallagreeters? That's it, Gallagreeters. Yeah, Gallagreeters is gas. Yeah, that was the other one that I remember seeing. Is Gallagreeters might tapped. um might be the flex spot with voice. Yeah, that could I could see that. So yeah, Gallagreeters for everyone that's listening. It's one forest, one generic, so two mana. It's a 1-1 Elf Druid. Got It's got a triggered ability. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you choose one that hasn't been chosen this turn. So yep. every every turn you can do all three of these, which is important with Wynota. Uh, and each ability, so it's plus one, plus one counter on Gallagreeters, but put a 1-1 one, one counter so it grows itself. Uh, you can create a trap, tapped treasure token, or you can gain two life. So yep. just, just a super versatile, probably definitely sideboard and Possibly we'll see some main board play depending on the meta. To, to those that also don't know about Gallic Readers, this has uh, on, on the uh, the copy side, the availability, this, this has so many different printings that are regional box toppers with different And are very hard to find. Yeah, they are. And all I that, tried finding the Spanish one. It doesn't it doesn't clarify which one is which here in uh in the in the Scryfall, like which one comes from where. But uh, Um that's something you have to go on the main wizard site to find. I'm getting the one. I'm getting the ones from Japan. 
and I want the ones from um from the Spanish box toppers, but I don't think I'm gonna be able to find them. Yeah, the Spanish one is beautiful. I um, if you're listening to this and you want to like pull up Gallag readers and see what we're talking about, go to TCG Player, type in Gallag readers into the search, but don't like hit anything, and you make sure you type it correctly. And you'll see a drop down of every option. So you'll see like the basic one, then you'll see English, extended art, Japanese, French, Italian, Russian, Spanish, many simplified and Portuguese. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight uh, language specific ones. And then you've also got your base pack, pack regular, pack promo foil, pre release foil, and extended art. So yeah, there's 12 different variations, I believe, if I counted correctly. It's also do not, um, do not buy them off eBay. Yeah, they're very inflated there. Yeah. Anyway, if you go out on TCG, these are mostly available, and they... Oh, maybe not. I'm looking. Oh, uh, no, them. they're out of stock. Yeah, you're right. They are out of stock. They were available. Anyway, um, yeah, the, the art on each one is specific to the culture, and they're really they're really cool. They're, they're very cool if you haven't seen them. A really cool concept in general of just, like, Wizards being like, hey, here's yes. regional variant box toppers to kind of, like, make each box that you buy wherever kind of more special for wherever you're located it's like oh i i think that's right yeah it's awesome yep because they very rarely do stuff like this so it's it's a cool thing we talk about a green card because the second place in this pioneer challenge was a green mono green uh devotion karn deck with a carnid gray creator cura behemoth beckoner a single nisha nissa who shakes the world uh, a card that we talked about last week in the Conjured Currency section, Cavalier of Thorns. This thing can get you your Nykthoses, because you're just digging so deep and stuff to drop those. Has your Mana Dorks, Elvish Myth- Mystic, Land of War Elves, Old Growth Troll as just a solid body and a way to help ramp you out, and gives you good amount of devotion for that Nykthos as well in the end. And uh, Hard Dex Gas. Yeah, this deck's so cool. Jay, I want to give Jay a huge shout-out. He told me about Cavalier Thorns about a month and a half ago. The card was Middle like March. A, yeah, it was like a dollar fifty maybe when he when you called that out. And you're like, yep. hey, check out this deck. It's it's pretty good. I think it's gonna be going places. And it had only posted a few results at that point. And now here it is showing up as the second place on a pioneer challenge. And the reason why um, I kept posting results because I saw I saw Todd Anderson play it, and I'm like, I was like, this deck's kind of gas. And I was like, Cavalier Thorns is like a dollar fifty. I went and bought foils for like four dollars. Yep. Like foils 20, are now thirty dollars. Thirty. <laughs> there you go. The, the the cool thing about Cavalier that synergizes pretty solidly with this deck is it is five mana to cost or to cast. And one of the cool cards in here is Storm the Festival which is a six-mana sorcery that lets you look at the top five cards of your library. You may put two permanent cards with mana value five or less among them onto the battlefield. So you can get a Cavalier of Thorns and whatever else at that point, and it lets you look six deep to get more of the lands to help like maybe catch that Nykthos to then get the devotion to keep like keeping the ball rolling there to cast more spells and just like put a lot on the board that your opponent is just going to be overwhelmed with. Or yeah. just get the ramp piece. The deck out. flies too. There's there's fourteen uh fourteen like what I'll call quote unquote mana dorks. You got four elvish mystic and four elvish uh elves, so eight there. Those are turn one plays, and then you've got six more on turn two with Wolf Willow Haven, which is a enchant land that taps your mana for an additional forest, and two Sylvan uh Kary- 
which is a two mana defender hexproof taps for a mana. So you're you're flying in this deck, I and mean, the whole point of it is turn one, turn two, you get the dorks down, and then turn three, you're basically trying to play storm, or maybe just go right to a cavalier or thorns, depending on your hand. So or or Nissa, you can also go with Nissa. There's a copy of that in here. It's just an awesome deck. It's very powerful. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. The 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 Karn, the typical Karn Grey Creator stuff you got going on here. It has like the, the card's messed up. The tutor package <laughs> and stuff in here that just like allows you to main board attack any any kind of strategy that you want because the the fact that you're ramping out so much is allows you to get like these sideboard pieces like God Pharaoh statue against your spell opponent decks. Or, I mean, just any creature, because spells cost two more with a God Pharaoh statue. Meteor Golem, seven mana, blow up non-land permanents when this thing ETBs and stuff. So, uh, it, oh my gosh, that's right. It can pull a treasure vault, because treasure vault is an artifact land. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> I keep forgetting about that card being an artifact <laughs> land. So it's like, hmm, now let's think here. I'm trying to figure out why would you want to be pulling a treasure vault from the sideboard here? Because I'm assuming that's what... Karn the Great Creator is grabbing with its uh, ability here. You're not like sideboarding. You can also creator. grab Pestilent Cauldron and uh, there's something like with, Pethler, with Pestilent Cauldron, um, Kiora, and like you can basically like, and Nithgos, and you can basically like, combo out and kill someone. Really now? Okay. Yes. Is it just because does it have anything to do with the backside of Pestilent Cauldron? I can't imagine, right? It's, it involves like the backside and the front side, and it is really, really dumb. Okay. Basically, basically, the end result is you mill you mill your opponent out, and because of how much life you gained, and next thing you know, it's like, uh, all right, your turn, kill you. Oh shit, that's right, because you both gain infinite life, but if you have this out, your opponent's the only one who mills cards, and then correct, they're milled out. Okay, that's how that. I remember where did I hear this from. Was it was it was it a tweet that someone posted about this? Where there it was a tweet, and it was from uh, Connor Manoli because I I very good friends with him, and he messaged me. He was like, "Hey, uh, check out my video on Pestilent Cauldron," and I was like, "I'm listening," <laughs> and, and I was like, "Go on," and he was like, "Yeah, uh, you can kill someone like this." I'm like, "All right," and that's a low like uh, low value investment here, probably for that for what this deck can like ramp out mana wise. Because what it's like seven eight mana for the whole thing. Yeah, eight yeah. mana is nothing. Yeah, to this deck, as as Chris was saying, with all the all the mana dorks that you got. Yes. Yeah. The, the ironic part is this deck has a really tough matchup with the burn deck that won, and I'm not really surprised to see that that's how it played out because the burn the burn deck that we were talking about earlier has seven turn one, I call them shocks, basically you know one mountain kill a creature essentially and. The, the burn deck just stalls you pretty hard because it just takes out your Elvish Mystic and your Land of War Elves turn mm-hmm. one, right? And I mean, it just that, that sets that deck back quite a bit. I, it's also just flip that around. It's also why this green deck that we're talking about ta- uh, runs four Wolf Willow Havens. Um, it, it gets around, gets around uh, those burn spells that I was alluding to, and probably the reason for the two Sylvan Caryatids instead of some other like. Uh like instead of going for like gilded goose as well right it's right. the hex proof so it can't get burned out mm-hmm. it's interesting that the red deck doesn't run at least like one copy of um jay what's the destroy target non-basic land card i can't think of it you talk about uh 
No, the rune field of runes. There we go. I, I, I'm surprised it doesn't run a field of runes to be able to deal with. I guess the Wolf Willow Haven would just go on a forest. Never mind. Are you talking about? Me. Are you talking about to deal with uh, non-basic lands? Yeah, I'm, Wolf Sage me. does I'm, it. Yeah, it does. I, I yeah, and I know it does. I'm just thinking, how do you get rid of Wolf Wolf Willow Havens? But never mind. Ignore me. Same thing. Okay, so this next deck, it's not green, but it has red elements in it, and it also has black elements in this. This is a Rakdos uh, Sacrifice? A Rak- just Rakdos? So it's Rakdos mid-range. Um, I've been playing this deck for quite some time, and it's pretty good. Okay, Jay, take it away. Let's hear about this deck. because So this you're, is playing like a like, uh, you're playing four Bloodside Harvester, two Acroxa, four uh, Bonecrusher Giant, or Graveyard Trespasser, which is this card, it's very, very good because it allows you to basically say, hey, um, I can deal with can deal with your Arc Lights, your Graveyard. Uh, Control also has a hard time dealing with this card, too, because it eat, just eats away at their Graveyard. Kalatas is also very good in creature matchups. Um, then you got your Planeswalker suite of two, Shorn, two, uh, two Chandra and one Soren. The reason why this, the reason why the the reason why the Planeswalker Suite is the way it is is because, at particularly at four mana, um, the control deck has a very hard time at answering walkers. Actually, it can't unless you'd like to fairy tuck it or like swing at it. So, if you like stick a walker, then they have a really hard time like dealing with it, and it's incremental damage over time, and you can end up killing them that way. Like recently, I altered a um, like I was dead on, I was basically like dead on board against my control opponent. And they they missed lethal completely, and I altered a Chandra and killed them. <laughs> um, then of course you have Bluff Chiefsters, Duress, Fatal Pushes, uh, which are very good for the Wynota deck. Uh, Thought Seizes, Dreadboards, Fable Mirror Breaker, which is very very good because you can like easily two for one. You can like two for it's like a three for one almost. This if card, you, if you, yeah, it's almost like a three for one. This card does so much uh, for three mana. For three mana, the fact that it's like uh, even just like a mini Kiki Jiki uh, and stuff it pays like, for itself. It gives you a goblin that makes mana for you, and it can it, it feeds into that. Like you can copy the token and just draw yes. to discard to the, the the card advantage. There is very solid because in this deck you can discard a Cruxa that you can then at some other point later escape and stuff. It it, it feeds so well into that. Then you got then you got the lands, of course. You got the uh, pathways, the blood crypts, the lockthorns, the bugbears, uh, haunted ridge. Uh, place up a haunted ridge is like seventy dollars. Yeah, that thing spiked. All of all of the midnight hunt and crimson vow lands should be on spiked people's hard. radar. Yeah, it should be on uh, the blue ones, the storm, the storm carved coast or whatever. Uh, Desert, deserted beach and haunted ridge those have all spiked but all the other ones are still ripe for the pick and i i definitely those, encourage folks to get play sets before it's too late because these are all it's already yeah. too late yeah well yeah <laughs> yeah for they're no longer least... they're no longer two dollars exactly uh another card i do recommend trying to get if you can is hive of the eye tyrant even though two of those are like basically one of those is like five dollars a piece now just for nice. a base model and then um, Urborg. Urborg is like $35 is what it is. Yeah. Wait wait for that one to get reprinted again. God, that didn't last. That yep. didn't last. Uh, that didn't last very long. Because what? When Time Spiral came out, it like dropped to like 
13 for like a month or something like that. It wasn't that long. And to think I had one in bulk rare. <laughs> uh, another yeah. card I do like I do like is uh, Takanuma of the Abandoned Mire because it literally allows you just to recur a walker. Yeah, it does. It, uh, and your opponent can't do anything about it. This pairs very well with like Kalidus and Kroxa, like reducing the cost of that as well. These, yes. These Kamigawa lands are just... Busted. So, yeah. Busted is very, very fucking good way to say it. They do everything that you want. Even the worst... Like, people that are like, oh, the worst one and stuff. The worst one still carries its weight. And, like, uh, people were, like, low on Takanuma, but this gets you stuff back. It, like, it, it draws you cards, essentially. It's like, yeah, you're milling, but you can get one in the back of your hand. And it's like, you get to select what that is. It's a good card. The best one is the blue one. Oh, I fucking love uh, Odawara. Odawara? Oh. Yeah, and it was seven dollars. It was just—it was actually five dollars when I bought it, and that was the alternate art. And, and and these are cards that we'll be seeing play not only in Pioneer but in Modern, but in Commander, and they have been showing up in Legacy as well. If I recall, seeing a uh, there's a Delver list that had a, yeah. one of of the uh, yeah because you can't counter it. Yeah, and, and, and Stifle's not, like, a big thing. This is Legacy and stuff. Stifle's not, like, a big thing that's showing up in the current meta and stuff right now. I imagine there's <laughs> going to be some sort of shifting with all the, like, abilities that are, like, triggering. You're going to start seeing more, like, Stifle effects or Trick Binds and uh, Tails End or whatever and stuff to, like, help yeah. counter those abilities. But the fact that there's these abilities that are back-breaking... I would say I, I would argue some of these these cards that come in with like ETBs or certain triggered abilities are pretty backbreaking. You need to have something that like like, like stops shit like this, you know, be, to be prepared at least. Yes. The next deck we want to talk about is is it Thinking Ice? Um, this deck is kind of messed up because I've been playing this deck for a minute. It's basically like the Narset Days Undoing list, um, except I've seen lists. I've heard of lists out there that are playing Tempo or Trespass because why not? Because like. The is it list the the is it Phoenix list already plays like one to two tempo trespass and galvanic iteration, so why not do the same thing? Yeah, you're just filling your graveyard at you know with all these these cycling spells uh, that just, is it like, cards doing is it things? Yeah, and then you're just getting like three mana to take an extra turn. Yes. Also, what I know also what I just noticed is like tabletop version of this is almost five hundred dollars. Is it really? Jesus. Uh, spiral buff canals are a hundred dollars. Uh, steam vents are seventy eight. Storm storm coasts are thir- just for three are thirty six dollars. River glide pathways for a set of four are thirty. That's that's the tax that you play you pay for any uh blue red lands at that point. Yes, mystical speed is four dollars. Or for waiting on buying into Pioneer like Jay told you all to do like six months ago. Yep, Ooh, had to throw it in there. Fucking Thanks, fam. Sorry, I've been I've been. I've been uh, back in J-Up. Jay got a lot of flack for his love of Pioneer, and I, uh, by proxy, I guess our whole like I did and our pro- podcast did. And what? Yeah, yeah, we did. We got a lot of flack because we loved Pioneer, and here we are. Yeah, he, here you guys are standing on the top of the hill, being like, "Come at Don't us, you. bro." <laughs> I'm like, not saying it. I'm I'm watching Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm standing there like well I got all my stuff that I would need for Pioneer at like a fraction of the cost and it's awesome. I mean like oh, go, go ahead. I've I've seen you know even like some of like you know the bigger people in finance and like all these bigger sites like saying buying a Pioneer now I'm like like no like oh. you're giving these people wrong information. 
Too you are forecasting time. wrong. You should have been telling these people to buy into Pioneer like six to eight months ago when the market, or like even like a year ago, or really two years ago, when the market crashed. No one can buy car. Well, no one can play cards. When no one can play cards, prices go down. Mm-hmm. Supply and demand. Buy cards. I, I remember that was something that you were talking about when we had you on the podcast. Was it in February or was it in January yeah. when you had you on? Where you're just like pioneer somewhere ago before that. anything got announced for the pro tour and stuff. And we were we were with you because they just dropped. They just announced that they're going to be dropping a pioneer challenger deck. And yeah. we were talking. It's like, why would they be dropping a tra- Pioneer Challenger deck if they aren't going to be doing something with Pioneer? The people I just are knew. Like, oh, the Pioneer's floundering. They got to try something to save their precious baby. It's like they're 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 doing good things with that if they're dropping those decks. Yeah. And here it's we are. It's the most impressive diverse format I've seen since the early days of Modern, 2014, something like that. I shouldn't say early days of Modern, but like. Yeah, Pioneer is so diverse. I'm looking at this just, okay, so I just did a quick little tally here and going through the top 16. There are a couple of burn decks. There's a few Winota decks. There's a few of that green ramp list that we were just talking about. There's a couple of the mid-range deck that we covered. There's a couple that we haven't gotten to yet. The point is, and we've been saying this, Jay and I have been saying this now since last year, this format is super, super fun. It's very innovative. There's a lot of, like, the meta is evolving by the day, by the, you know, basically by the tournament. People are finding tech to counter other tech. And, you know, like Jay was talking about the Ferocidon to counter Wynota. Well, three three decks, three Wynota decks made the top 16. People have been calling for a ban on Wynota. But there's only one in the top eight. There's only one yes. top eight. So uh, the point is, like, there's not, there's just no favorite deck in this format because every, it just depends on what people show up with at the tournament. Some people are getting really savvy with their tech out of the sideboard and then they're coming out and, you know, dropping, <laughs> dropping first place with a burn deck that, that hadn't, I, Jay, we hadn't even covered the burn deck very much, to be honest with you. So I don't know. It's just really cool. I, I just got to rave about this format when I can because, I've been seeing it for a long time, and I wouldn't call myself an expert, but listening to Jay and learning from Jay has allowed me to really appreciate this for what it is. So, what I've noticed about the format is the amount of people, that, the amount of people in leagues that have like grown over time. From like, it took me maybe like five to ten minutes to find just one match in a league. Now it's like under a minute. Now it's like under like thirty seconds. I, I do remember there are a lot of people posting up, uh, especially over the summer last year, where it's like Pioneer's yep. dead. There's it takes so long to get into a queue. Yep. And I don't know. It was just definitely after Modern was just like on everyone's radar first, and they felt uh because of Modern Horizons, uh, Pioneer's yeah. just like really just not getting any any love and support and stuff. But yeah, here we are, the first Pro Tour format, and it's getting yes. so much love to this. So, that kind of leads to my next step, like, the more, the closer we get, the more people play. The more people play, the more the format is ironed out. And the more the format is ironed out, the more lists get ironed out. And they're going to find, like, literally, like, what's broken and what isn't. And so, like, that makes me think, like, like decks like Wynota, Lotus Field, I don't think are going to make it to the Pro Tour. 
that 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 kind of uh, mentality brings me up a, a question here. Then um, mm-hmm. remember when Pioneer was first coming out? Uh, when we had the the uh, Houston was the last official big Pioneer tour, and you had the Inverter of Truth deck just kind of like running rampant for us all the time. There, are Correct. you worried that there might be some sort of resurgence of that style of wave where why know it is going to be like the inverter of truth pioneer of 2022 or 2023 kind of a thing like because it's like splinter twin okay it's okay. It's, it's literally like twin just for um the, the degenerate not degeneracy is such a harsh word for it but like it, it is degenerate. um that's how it is always is degenerate i think um so like playing against why like you have to have to answer right then and there Otherwise, you like basically like lose the game on the spot. I'm like, yes, why not? can whiff, but nine times out of ten, they're not going to whiff. Especially yeah, the deck- nine times out of ten, they're attacking with more than one creature. Right, the deck's it, not built to whiff. I mean, it's it's very. It consistent. is not built to whiff. Right, and also like with them banning lures the way they did, just out of the blue, that that kind of that kind of makes me think that they are very that they are watching the format, and they are very proactive about. They're, they're going to be very proactive about um, banning things. I wish they could have did it sooner, but a lot of people say, you know, like, oh, like there, there's, there's ways to deal with it. I'm like, yes, but they have access to data that we don't see, so we only see so much of the data. At one yeah. point, I think within the past like week or so, like I was talking to some people, and they said that, and they said they ran into Winota at least like two to three times in a league. You get five matches in a league. That that's more than or that's more than almost half or or three quarters of your matches. Yeah, but you know what's happening there, Jay. This and I, of course this is speculation, but I, mm-hmm. I I really believe that that's because two things. One, we're seeing more players enter Pioneer, and what yes. happens when you first enter a format? You play the most popular one or two decks because you're like the the reaction is, I want to get into Pioneer. What are the best decks, right? And when you Google as Pioneer decks, what well, one of the ones that's going to pop up? Winota, Phoenix, exactly. Arclight, Control. That's right. And, and, and those are the ones you and I have been talking about since the format, like since Pi October, we used to call the, those were like the three pillars, we would say. Right. Um, you know, so the, the it's it's Azorius, Control, uh, Arclight, Phoenix, and Winota. Those are the pillars. Everything kind of revolves around those. And that's, by the way, that just, everyone listening, that's, post Luris band so maybe not i said october that was a little too far back but um but yeah that's that's my hypothesis and i think as those players start to play around test more you know start to see what works what doesn't i will always be a pillar of the format it's gonna be one of those decks that you have to prepare for but i personally am going to take a very contrarian point of view and say why is good for the format i think it challenges the norm for being the like best aggro deck that maybe we've ever seen in any format. It's one of the most dominant aggro decks we've ever seen. It's it's up there with like some of the collected company decks years and years ago. Um, but it, what it does is it forces the sideboards to be ready for it, and it kind of molds the meta how we want to see the meta mold, right? I mean, it 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 it's why you get tech like the rampaging Ferocidon showing up. That would probably not happen if Winota wasn't a thing. So, yes and no. Okay, um, you probably don't so run like, it as a, 
Yeah, it's still probably there regardless, but I don't know if you're running it as a four of. I guess is my point. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be as like a four of. Just like some like red decks I've seen, like four red cap melee. And I'm like Jesus Christ, and I was like, oh wait, why notice a thing? Yeah. So I, I guess my point, though, uh, just to summarize, I, I think Wynota is very popular, and it's a it's a speculative ban. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while on our podcast that it could be a bannable. It, it was, kind of, I think, it was probably the card. Jay, keep me honest, but it was the one that we picked as like most ban worthy in the format right now. This is post Luris, right? It's like most yes. ban worthy, and I, I think that's that's probably still true. I'm really anxious to see how things play out post. Streets of New Capenna because it got those new toys that we alluded to earlier. So we'll see. It, it'll be interesting to, to to watch how the meta shakes out again. So also interesting, like, there's no other set between now. There's no other, like, pioneer legal set between now and, like, Dominaria. Yeah, yeah. That's I, a long time. In, in Magic in magic years, that's a long fucking time. Yes. And also, um... The history of the the history of cards usually tells you where a card is going to end up getting banned or not, and like same thing with Teferi, like the same thing with Wilderness Reclamation, and I think the same thing is going to happen with uh, Wynota. Just being strong, prominent decks that only have like a few key points to attack it from is going to make it the uh, target of a ban. Yes, that too. Okay. So like, let's look at. There's a very so like if I if I go look at ArcLight right now, um, ArcLight has I need to find a streamlined ArcLight list. So if you go look at some ArcLight lists, like you'll see them running like one, two, three, four, five. It's like five. It's like five to six answers in their sideboard. For Wynota, that's like a quarter of your sideboard. That's like one third of your sideboard. Yeah, and uh, using that many pieces in your sideboard for that. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of cards. Just for one deck, because like no other deck kind of does like what Wynota does. Like, I don't know, would you, would you argue that like Fires of Adventure, of Adventure would be the closest adjacent to what Wynota does, but doesn't do what Wynota does, right? Like... Yes, but also Fires has like a restriction of like two spells per turn, and it's based on how much land you can put out. Fires is like that card on like the te- like the teeter of being broken. Like like any one card can tip it over to make it like just explode. Right, right. But but so yeah, it goes to the point of like those cards are specifically just for Wynota, as where Fires is like the closest second, and it's like a far second of what some of those pieces could be used for for Correct. fires and stuff. So it's like it's not. It, it, it can't be used, uh, geez, why am, uh, not universally, M- multiple multiple decks and stuff that you can have. Like, you want options for your sideboard pieces to be, like, to target at least one or two popular decks or more and stuff. Yeah. But, They're not streamlining your sideboard for one deck and one deck only. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't have to play, like, three, I shouldn't have to play three red cap melee in my sideboard. Yeah, red cap melee. Yeah, you don't want you don't want one card setting everyone's sideboard. Yeah, I'm like I'm like Jesus Christ. That that starts to fall towards the the discussions of modern Hogak, where it's like your whole sideboard just had to be like to target Hogak. But <laughs> I, I feel I feel if we start talking about Hogak, we got to keep moving on here before we digress. Yeah, that shit. So uh, spirits deck it made it into fifth place on here. That, yeah, I like that deck. 
it is a solid, consistent deck that just keeps doing what spirits do, and it uses these awesome cards that come out from uh, uh, the Crimson sets or Shadow. The, Shadow. Shadow. Yeah. The, cards uh, are like relatively cheap right now. And, th- and this is just another case of a, like a very strong, aggressive deck that can like pump out damage while keep recurring cards and then also have the ability to slow down your opponents with with uh not shackle guys the uh the mausoleum wanderer and stuff to like counter or curious obsession to be drawn cards or just like souping up an ascendant spirit to just like straight up whip ass mm-hmm. i like the deck if it were me personally i'll probably just buy the uh precon oh yeah that's right yeah you just buy the precon and add green with uh just just to get the uh the collective company and stuff going on in there yes yeah this you just spit just spend extra money this five code if you or, have it this fifth place deck is just uh mono blue there's no green yes. in here but we we have definitely seen you know like spirit stacks going for the green for collective company because collective company just does everything he wanted to yeah it's a it's a four mana card that can get you so much power on board at end of turn and then you can just keep going Okay, keep to to keep moving on here. We have the Winona deck in sixth place. What 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 can we say about this deck that we have yet to say about already? You think? Um, I don't know that there's anything left. It's a good deck. <laughs> it it just it just does what it does. Yeah, it's just gonna keep. Here here's here's the bottom line elevator pitch on why Winona is the number one bannable card in Pioneer. It's because with every single set that comes out. It has a chance better. of even getting better. Yeah, exactly. same thing with Lurus. That's that's like literally that's, the reason why they ban Lurus. That's exactly what I was about to say next. It's the same reason Lurus is on the ban list already. So yep. And then I, next I, thing I, you know, they planted Obscure Charm. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine an Obscure Charm and Lurus together. Yeah, I'm I'm not about that life. Everybody was talking about uh, bringing back Fairy and stuff with that, but the Fuck real the thing, fairy. the real thing to be bringing back. <laughs> Danny has some scars. Who hurt you? Any blue player. <laughs> Any blue player on Arena. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. That may have been me. I'm sorry. <laughs> so all, I played that card till it was banned. Every, all I played on Arena was historic, and that's all I ever faced was the T3 every single game. It was... Bant, baby. One, I played Bant until they banned it. Once, it. once it was on the battlefield, it's like, okay, well, the time I can answer it, it's already going to make it so I can't answer it. So it's like... Yeah. It is such a good card. Card like yes. that should have been instantly banned. It was just... It was almost as bad as Oko. No, Oko was different. We, Oko, yeah. Oko was a mistake. Oko was a mistake. They they meant to make that a minus one and they didn't. And I was like... I was like... I was like... This says plus? Mm-hmm. And I was like... Yep. This card's about to get banned. Do, do we want to have a quick sidebar on talking about the next hot button planeswalker that everyone on Twitter is like, is this the next Oko? Okay. Want to take a quick sidebar on talk about Obnixilis right. here? So. <laughs> I have thoughts on that card. So have I. It is, it is not Oko levels broken, but it is a very it's good a, magic card. It is a very good magic card. Do I think it is Oko level? No, but it could possibly get there. It's However, Elder away. Spell is a card, and so is Yasharn, because Yasharn says you can't sack and your opponent can't sack anything yep. or pay life. Hey. And um 
just Tamiel, absolutely shuts it down. And uh, Tamio Collector Tales basically shuts it down too. Yeah. Except Tamio, the way Tamio reads is kind of weird. If I read, yeah, the way that Tamio reads, it says uh, spells and abilities your opponents control can't cause you to discard cards or sacrifice permanent. So it doesn't quite work how we wanted it to. Jay, this is my bad. I think I told I mentioned this one. Yeah. So what would happen is actually you would actually still take two life. Yeah, it it does it does prevent the discard off Ob, which is nice because that's I mean that's the thing that's so potent on Ob. Um, what you're yeah, also looking for you're looking for is if you if you have your Sharn in play and they try and they try to play a Ob Nixless and with the casualty cost with the casualty cost of sacking they can't sack to make the extra Walker. Right, it just shuts that piece down. Yep. Sharn fits beautifully. We we were covering that kind of green, big green stompy deck. If it it would fit beautifully into that deck as a counter. Um, so if Ob somehow does, you know, take like re, right rejuvenate Jund, for example, and take off, um, I think the green stompy deck becomes one of the better counters off the bat, just because it could pretty much immediately put Yasharn in and ramp into Yasharn before Ob hits the field. Remember, Yasharn yes. is 4 mana value, uh, Ob is 3, so you need to have that Yasharn down before they get their Ob down. It gets really interesting if they're on the play, because um, you're really, at that point, you're banking on basically two ramps, you know, or two uh, mana dorks ahead of their turn 3. Um, it's just, it's going to be, it would be tough. <laughs> So, I, I really feel like Obnixilis would be helping to improve this Rakdos mid-range deck like really significantly because you're not going to have any problem like sacking a Bone Crusher Giant. I think like later in the game to get like the value that Obnixilis can offer here and stuff yeah. like that. Like, yeah, yeah, I think that's I'm right. I'm just not paying. I'm just not paying two hundred twenty dollars for Obnixilis for a place of Obnixilis when I can pay like one twenty to one forty. Yeah, yeah, they are they. They got to be going down at some point. Like more packs are going to get open, and this is a card that I imagine is like people are going to be wanting to like shift around and trade, and just because that should so I, I saturate some. some I of the I there. don't see it going down extreme. It's just like when Jude Lotus came out in Commander, like you and JB both of you, oh you got to sell that card right now. I had the foil non extended art, so it was like a hundred dollars. It never went below that hundred dollar mark. I feel there's a big difference between. But, like, but I'm just. But I'm just. But I'm just spot. saying though that this card is like like we've been talking about pioneers picking up this card. People are going to build around. Yeah, it's so, also probably a four of in the decks that want it. I would think exactly. Yeah. So, so the card price isn't going to go down. Very fair. Very. It, fair. it may go down like a buck or two, but it's not going to drop half off. I, I don't think I, it's going to drop like necessarily half off, but like it's going to get to a point where like it drops, and then once people like figure out what it like actually does, it's going to go right back up. Exactly. So if, if you have it's going to be like a uh, wanderer. Yep. Well, wanderer just kind of caught more people off guard there. I'd say like how yeah. how that yeah, wander the flash ability, and then yeah, that, that's people people just realize like for a four no. mana walk with flash is actually just a very better. But yeah. getting allies into car loyalty con loyalty yeah. abilities can be done at instant speed. Yeah, you just it's kind of busted like the token and stuff. It's just yeah. solid, especially when you can Yorion flick it. Yeah, and Yorion, who fuck that just, card. Just... 
<laughs> Fuck that card. Who hurt you? Arena players. I'm sorry. No, we're not. Oh. When we get towards the end of uh, the Pioneer talk, uh, on the wind down here, I want to get both of your guys' opinions on Explorer Pioneer Light as well, because... I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm excited for it, but I want to know what y'all think about. Please. So talking about like Yasharn there in this uh, seventh place deck, we have Bant Spirits. So I don't know how well a Yasharn would go in Bant Spirits, but green white. But here's here's the collected company with with spirits and stuff. Spell Queller showing up here, kind of being a house of a card and pioneer. Yeah. It uh. You can hit. It's like, oh, my, my opponent has a, a a supreme verdict on the stack. Up, oh, nope, now they don't. This thing tags a wanderer pretty well. Uh, yeah, yes, it does. And I feel that could be important in like uh, uh the Azorius control matchup there. Yeah, as well. So it's like it has it has uh, functionality outside of there as well. Yes. Then finally in the top eight here we have another red deck wins with uh Yes please. <laughs> Bone Crushers, Eidolons, Kari Zevs, and uh this one also still running one Sokazin Crucible of Defiance here, but pretty much exact same list. Uh going uh, switching in the sideboard, three rampaging Frostodons and four Roiling Vortexes, where it was the other way around in that first place list. But oh man. Pioneer, I'm I'm very hyped for what Pioneer has to offer and is going to keep mm-hmm. going here. And the 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 amount of people and the uh, streamers, players, wizards in general, just like going in on this format. There's there's just so many cards to use. Even going back to like Ravnica, the amount of cards that are in there can bring up so many different decks, and you don't have to worry about the degeneracy of. A crap ton of free spells, a crap ton of fetch lands, and all that other jazz. Sure don't. And it's a third of the cost of modern. That as well. For for now. Uh, that actually might... I think that will hold long term. And is is there a reason behind? If they decide... if, If you've been paying attention to how they print cards nowadays, they're not afraid to reprint anything. Within reason, of course. So that makes me think, like in a near, that makes me think in a near view. Like I literally just looked at Commander Proc the other day at a chop, and uh, I saw they reprinted Feldar Retreat, and I was like, Feldar Retreat was literally just reprinted in BFZ. Sorry, not BFZ. Uh, Zendikar Rising. Yep. And I was like, they literally just reprinted this card less than a year ago. Yep. Sweet. Well, that's that's Commander products. Yeah, it seems like um, seems like a Chandra. lot of their bulk. Like Chandra their... just got reprinted in a uh, precon. Yeah, uh, the the Bone Crusher Bone Crusher's on the list. We got uh, the the dragon uh, Goldspan Dragon just got a reprint as well in a in a precon deck. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah, in the uh, standard precon deck. Oh wow! That's why that thing dropped down in price. It was like selling for thirty and then it, like dipped to twenty. I know I. Uh, I didn't realize that it was uh, that the, the those standard decks came out, and I asked a question. I'm like, why did why why did uh, Goldspan Dragon drop so much in price? And it's like, oh, this big box store just opened up all their product and it's like putting out bricks for people to buy and stuff. So it was like, so before that, I sold my Goldspan Dragon. 
My um, so, I sold mine for like forty three dollars. It's crazy. Same. In retrospect. <laughs> um, I had the uh, I had the I had the Japan I had the Japanese uh extended arts. Ooh, spicy. Yeah, and I and I, and I straight up sold those. I'm actually impressed that it's still holding almost twenty dollars on TCG Player. That's pretty impressive considering. Yeah, that card's many, good. Yeah, how many, how many copies? It is a dragon. I, I think I need to pick a new copy up though, just to replace the one that it's I sold. It's a three mana dragon, realistically. Yeah, it's just just because it's dragons. It's a three mana and it's red, and deals with treasures now. That there are what thirty six new cards that uh, yeah. deal with treasures yep. in Streets of New Capenna. So. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's always good to have a flyer in red. Yeah, that that kind of like allows you to get some of the mana back when it gets targeted, so you can do more things. I mean, it it, it punishes a player for trying to get rid of this dragon, mm-hmm. and it can go into wow, the double red is not that hard of a thing to like cast for if you're no making all these treasures and stuff with it. But um, there's that. Speaking out loud now, I guess it is surprising to see in Pioneer like Goldspan Dragon hasn't shown up in like a top eight list, right? Because I'm looking. No, at- but I've seen Aspiring Spike play it in um, Blue Red Dragons. There we go. In Blue Red Dragons, is he going for the uh, the Galaseth? Uh, Niv Mizzet. Uh, Niv Mizzet Perun. So like he's playing like Niv Mizzet, um, Slumgar Scorn. Expressive iteration. I was like, "Oh, this looks." I was like, "Oh, this looks kind of dope." Very much so. Making the treasures, casting the spells, beating with dragons. Does yeah. everything magic players want? Yep. With uh, with doing things that magic players want. Last time you were on, Jay, you were talking about the Grease Fang, Okiba Boss, and Parhelion two deck there. Yeah. How how are, how are your stances on that? I remember you were saying that the get uh, the deck was gas. How is it playing out now that eh. it is it is out in players' hands and they can actually try it? It's mid. I find it to be mid. Not as tantalizing as it was before? Yeah, it's it's mid. Very fair, then. But if you let it go, I imagine still just, like, getting a party line out. It's just a little a little on the yeah. back-breaking side. A yeah, little, little, little bit salty, too. Just like, ah, oh, just let this happen. All right. Do you, do you guys want to talk about the uh, Mana Traders event that happened as well? Uh, or do you want to move to another facet of Pioneer here? What's the next facet of Pioneer? Well, I figured that the next facet of Pioneer, since we talked about challenge decks and just like we, we, we dived into like Wynota pretty deep there, just more of like a uh, an overall quick take of what you think of pre- Capenna Pioneer was and now like Capenna moving forward because like I feel like this Capenna era is going to be like the real like hard hitting side of Capenna or of Pioneer of what's going to like take it and do a bunch of different things like I was saying if it was before the show or like at the beginning of the show I really feel that Capenna is going to make a bunch of new decks for pioneer with some of these crazy three color cards that matter with uh conniving or uh making mana with that vampire in grixis and casting spells and stuff like that so i have thoughts um give them to us i want to hear them (laughs) i think capenna like over time i feel like it's more lower power than uh kamagawa was because kamagawa was a very high powered set and set the bar kind of high for 
in terms of power level for Pioneer. I think other than the Triomes and like other than like un unlicensed hearse and like a few other cards, I don't think it's going to hit Pioneer as hard as uh maybe probably Dominaria or Brothers War. I think I'll just share my thoughts. It's very specifically what I was saying earlier. I, I really think that the X factor here is how much better did Winona get because yes. Jay, to your point, there's a four and a few weeks, four month and like two weeks gap, something like that, I think, if I'm doing my math right, between now and the next Pioneer legal set, which is Brothers War. Um, so uh- Auto's Dominaria. Brother, oh, you're Wars, right. Like the you're right. Set. You're, you're right. My bad. I've got them in. I've got them mixed up in order. You're right. Anyway, point is, if either of those two cards, Gala's Greeters or um, what's the other one? That red one. That um, Ace oh, Breaker. Ace Breaker. Thank you. If either of those or both of those make Winota oppressive in any way compared to what it is right now, then I would not be surprised if we see a meta shakeup with a ban there. Um, I also would not be surprised if Nithikos goes. Just throwing that out there. Um, Ooh. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Just in general, I'm not sure that I see streets. Jay, kind of to your point, I, mean, I don't think it's going to have as big of an overall impact outside of those. <laughs> really, just Wynota. I, I think if Wynota got oppressive from those two cards, then that could shake um, things up. But other than I that, just I looked this up. Um, we don't get another standard legal set until September. Yeah, so four four months and a couple weeks. So, so that's I was, a yeah. long time. Yep. Yeah. Do Do you guys see that kind of a a gap being very detrimental or like uh, stale staleifying? I don't know if that's a word, but like making making pioneer stale. Like there has to yes. be a lot of toys and stuff for people to like brew around that will be like with with all so the like, cards that are out. There. The more the more people play, the more. The more matches are played, the faster people figure things out, and the faster people figure things out, the um, the I want to say like the more stale things get per se, but like the more the more gets figured out, basically. Well, the meta will be set. Yeah, the meta will be set. With with that four months, the meta will be set, so the R and D can actually get a solid concrete on what they want to ban and what should be banned. So I and I'm I'm pretty sure they're gonna they're gonna ban something before the pro tour. And it's and it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a good um, buffer for the yeah. pro circuit. They're gonna they're gonna have a very good they're gonna have a very good reason for the next banning. Exactly. It's not just gonna be some sporadic and people are like, oh, why did you do this and blah blah blah. And then six months down the road, I was like, oh, that's why you did it. It's actually gonna have some solid proof. Oh around wow! It before... uh, Brothers Wars and Brothers Wars in November. So we're going from. September set to a November set. Yep. There's going to be a quick turnaround. Just there. like Anastrad was. Yeah. Because because the last because the last few sets were quick turnarounds. Yep. Well, I think that's what they're trying to do with this last year of Magic. Really, is the do the the double header set per se. Well, we got what AFR to Anastrad both sets pretty quickly, and then Kamigawa. Oh, well, we had we had AFR, AFR, AFR to Innistrad was normal time. Mm-hmm. And then we had Innistrad to uh, Crimson Vow. Innistrad to Crimson Vow was like less than like a month. Yeah, I think like it was less like, than like a month and a half apart. Yeah, it wasn't like five weeks. Yep. Very much why that just kind of blurred together. Yeah. Well, that was their, their 
idea behind it. Because there, there's a lot more, what, Commander and... Yeah, more Commander stuff coming out this year than it has... Yeah, there's Baldur's Gate. Yeah, Baldur's Gate as well. Yeah, so there's a lot more Commander stuff rather than just, like, Master Set. Yep. So... It, it's going to help Pioneer, like I said earlier. It's going to help Pioneer to actually have a solid format before the Pro Circuit. Rather than having the Pros set everything, they're actually going to have, hopefully, leagues from around the world set the meta rather than the Pros set the meta. They're going to be yeah. pulling in so much data and stuff uh, with this that, uh, like Jay was saying earlier, that they have data that we just can't see. Well, yeah. Correct. It's just like They're every. It's like every aspect of life. There's someone has more more data than you. So here, here's kind of a quick transition. Talking about data now, we have Explorer on Arena. Mm-hmm. Jay, you play Arena a bit, eh? Somewhat. Somewhat. Okay, so we'll start with you here then, real quick. Explorer Pioneer Light on Arena. How is this gonna? How do you think that this is gonna like? Blossom I think it's fine. Um, obviously, there are some things I need to clean up. <clears throat> oh, I know. Or any other blue spell? Nah, blue spells are fine. <laughs> um, That's what you think. I think. I think the format needs more Pioneer cards. And I think that maybe come... And hopefully that is coming within the next like one to two uh, historic anthology sets. They did say that they were going to be focusing historic anthology six on getting... Uh, some good pioneer cards. Hopefully, uh, that is um, yeah. Hopefully, that's the delve spells and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Getting um, dig through time or uh, treasure, treasure cruise because uh, temporal trespass. Um, more cards for arc light, things of that nature. Yeah, I can't believe we we almost went a whole pioneer discussion and not even bring up dig through time and treasure cruise because they aren't broken. They're very solid. They, they, yes. the, the Pioneer is like a good format to like show a very balanced power of what these things can do. And you can actually play with these cards still. Dig Through Time is definitely one of my favorite cards. I play it in Commander and stuff. So like being able to play it in like a 60-card format is very exciting to me. It's very interesting because I played it in a, as a control deck. And I'm like, this doesn't feel broken at all, really. Because like originally the deck called for like three treasure crews. And like I dumped, I um actually adjusted the numbers and put like two, two digger time and one treasure cruise because I wanted more control over my draws. Mm-hmm. It allows that flexibility. Yes. Okay. So, uh, historic anthology, you want those delve cards in, and then that will just kind of like help. I want land too. Ooh. So, what are some of the lands that you say we are missing? Is it the uh... what lands are we missing? We got the shocks and we got the checks and. We got the new shocks, checks, just guys sent it to you. I think it's missing. Oh, yeah. The, uh, some of the oldest that would be a good one to put in with the upcoming historic anthology six is just guy ascendancy because you just have the ascendancies from streets of new Capenna. So it just kind of like mm-hmm. a little bit of a transition right there. Just like I don't know. The, the connections that we see as players are probably not the same connections that like uh, Watsy people are looking at they're looking at different aspects they but, never are but i imagine they got because be they seeing, never play test outside the set i imagine they got to be looking at just guy ascendancy because that's a fun card 
but that's not a yes. deck that we saw either or have seen either. It was good having you on, Chris. Chris is out. Thank Later, you so homie. Much. Bye, Chris. Thank you. Love the pioneer discussion. Okay, so I feel that puts a puts a good end then to what we have for pioneer. Jay, do you have a a, a, a sentence, a, a paragraph of just like putting a, a cherry on the pioneer cake here? Uh play a bunch more pioneer, and uh, yeah, play all the pioneer. All the pioneer. I am play excited. It. That kind of leads us into some up uh, some of these upcoming events that we have. Uh, J Dubs is having a trios event, which is going to have Pioneer Modern and Legacy in it. If you're in the FM area, you can uh, pre-register for sixty bucks or Deo for seventy-five. They got a bunch of cash prizes that can increase depending on attendance there. But here's a paper Pioneer uh, event that you can uh, partake in if you're in the FM area. Mm-hmm. I'll dust off my mono red. Another upcoming event happening in the local FM area here. We have Paradox Crazy 8s. They have Commander Legends Draft going on. That's happening Saturday, May 7th. And that is multiplayer pods with a final pod at the end. You get to make 60 card minimum plus Commander decks. Entry fee is $20. You get uh, first place gets a Crazy 8 playmat, a final seat at the Crazy 8 uh, table. That comes out at the beginning of the summer here. And then a bunch of other prizes. Okay. I just got to say one thing. A commander deck, even if you don't do well, for 20 bucks is a hell of a steal. Yep. And Commander Legends draft. I, I have yet to draft the set. I got two boxes? I don't know. We were going to open one earlier. I got I got two boxes of Commander Legends that I have refused to open till I have a chance to sit down with people and legit draft that. Because... <laughs> People were talking about it's a fun draft set, so I got to get my hands on drafting some of that shit right there. Yeah, Garrett and I were going to do some open dot drinky with them. Oh, I'm so glad you didn't. But we were also going to do Commander. Command, I double Masters up there too, but... Very much so. We thought not. Okay, let's uh, talk about some of this news that we have for you this week. It's a lighter week on news, uh, so... We have an update on the Altafox vs. Hasbro war, which is a war. So this was, uh, well, would it be uh, this week in MTG episode if we didn't give you an update on the beef between Altafox and Hasbro? We will link the full article for those of you that want to read it. But in short, but the short and skinny of it is this. Hasbro sent out a letter encouraging its shareholders to vote against the Elta Fox nominees for board of directors at the upcoming meeting on June 8th which includes John Finkel. Well, Elta Fox responded by sending their own letter repeating a lot of what they had said in the past in, uh, that from their point of view, of what their point of view is, which they believe that Hasbro is mismanaging Wizards of the Coast company, subsidiary of Hasbro, very poorly. They're not giving it the, the time, the love, the affection that they think that it needs, and they think that they could do better. <laughs> Hasbro doesn't know what uh, the heck they are doing with owning its own company and the leader. they believe that the leadership is making poor choices, poor choices like when they bought the E1 a few months back. Notably, the days after Hasbro lettered to the shareholders, they shot down Elta Fox's nominees we talked about on the episode on the podcast. What was that, like a month ago now? A few yeah, weeks? it's been a couple weeks. It's been a couple weeks. Elta Fox withdrew the nominee of John Finkel and Matthew Calkins for the election board. On the same day, Elta Fox filed 
It's a def- definitive proxy statement. It's a 40-page document. So they, they, they knew they had no ground that to stand on. When you're, yeah, sure, you're a company that owns 2.5% of Hasbro, but that's only 2.5% of Hasbro. Still a lot of money. It but, is. Uh, but they can you throw don't, around weight, but they can't throw around enough. You, if you had 10 to 15%, you can throw a lot more weight and persuade a lot more people. But when you're 2.5% of a company that's big as Hasbro, you're an ant on the anthill. Yeah, it's it's definitely pushing a rock up a hill there. It's, but I mean, can you blame someone for trying to shoot their shot like I, that? I I get it, v- but it's you you as you said, shoot your shot. You shoot shot your shot prematurely, and you've screwed all potential of you actually having a say in anything. I bet they definitely felt like they had a good backing when like the magic community was like, "Oh my god, John Finkel's going to be on the board. Magic is going to be getting taken care of by this." But then I think more people it kind of set into their head of like, "Oh wait, hold on, maybe this ain't the best." I don't know. That's the current update on Alta Fox. Of course, we will always be keeping you updated on that. Uh Big G, he's not here at the moment, but he would definitely be wanting to talk about uh shareholder prices, uh the stock prices of Hasbro right now. And I think as of this morning when I checked, it was selling for like $88 a share. Danny's doing a live check. And as he does that, I'll move into the next bit here and he'll uh let us know what it is currently going as I read this next part here. Uh it is currently at $89.67. That is as of 7.48 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Back to you, Matt. So the next bit of news here, we have a new secret lair that just got announced, mm-hmm. which is very colorful. It is called Pride Across the Multiverse. This from the Wizards website, quote, as wizards, we prioritize inclusion and diversity in our games and our teams and believe that creates a better place for all. This year, we're introducing the Pride Across the Multiverse, a celebration of the LGBTQIA2S plus community's relentless creativity. The Holy cards shit. in this secret layer drop draw from many experiences, and it is our hope that people find some part of their own unique selves reflected in these cards. 50% of each Pride Across the Multiverse purchase will be donated directly to the Trevor Project. The Trevor Project, for those that uh, don't know, is the world's largest suicide prevention and crisis intervention organization for the LGBTQ community, and they are supporting them with that. There's a bit of a read from the art director, uh, Stephanie Chung, uh, art director that helps distribute who does what with these cards and stuff. And fun fact, all these cards were done, were created by... Uh, LGBTQ artists bringing their own unique style and lived experiences into these cards. Cover here real quick that they will be available May 4th. So in two days, if you're watching the live stream, if you're still watching the live stream, <laughs> pat yourself they're, on the back. They're, they're, they're sleeping. We have two viewers. I applaud you guys. You got Oh, we have one viewer. I applaud you. <laughs> as soon as I called them out on it, they're like, bitch, we're fucking leaving. Thank you for making it We're this far. We're away, man. And it comes along with a unique rainbow foil box. Uh, like all other secret layers, it's going to be having a non-foil selling for $39.99 and a traditional foil selling for $49.99. So the cards that you're going to get in here are as followed. You're going to get a soul ring. Mm-hmm. One mana. Yep. Artifact. 
Tap had two colorless. I think everyone knows what Soul Ring is. You're going to get Triumphant Reckoning. 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 Words are hard. For uh, three white and six, you get a sorcery, returnal artifacts, enchantments, and planeswalker cards from a graveyard to the battlefield. This was originally printed in Commander Legends, I think. Then you got Bearscape, green, green, one, enchantments. Danny, have you seen this? Yep. you seen the Bearscape? I, I've, see, I've seen that one. People love the Bearscape. Uh, you, it's an enchantment. You pay green, one, exile two cards from your graveyard, create a 2-2 green bear creature token. Next card is Alicia, who smiles at death. Red 2, Legendary Creature Human Warrior, First Strike. Whenever sh- uh, whenever they attack, you get, you may pay White Red, not White Red, White Black, White Black. If you do, return target creature card with power 2 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and attacking. Collective Voyage, a card that you use in your hug deck there, Danny. Mm-hmm. Single Green Sorcery, Join Forces. Starting with you, each player may pay any amount of mana. Each player searches their library for up to X basic land cards, where X is the total amount of mana paid this way. Put them onto the battlefield, tap, then shuffle. Next up is Heartbeat of Springs. For Green 2, you get an enchantment. Whenever, you play, whenever a player taps a land for mana, that player adds one mana of any type that land produced. I need that card for my hugs deck. Right? It's a good card. And it is such good art. Uh, Hwatli and Sahili are uh, hugging. hugging each other. And it says in the in the flavor text is, You were right. Ixalan is a paradise, said Sahili. Mostly because you're here. So sweet. Love in cards. Uh, other card here, we have Savor the Moment. Blue, blue, one sorcery. Take an extra turn after this one. Skip the untap of that turn. This one has uh, Ral and Tomic. In their marriage, uh, in their wedding. It's very beautiful. And the last one, we have Mana Confluence. Land, tap, pay a life, add one mana of any color your mana pool. Solid land there. In this secret lair, you get codes for Arena Sleeves of the Triumphant Reckoning, Collective Voice, Alicia, and Mana Confluence. Yep. There will be more news coming for Secret Lair coming in June. So, to those that are wondering why... Uh, oh, jeez. Kithios and Tiro, the uh, four mana non black legendary creature, wondering where is that? I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say that there's going to be more information about that card coming out in January. That will probably get reprinted because Pride Month. There's that. That's your your upcoming secret lair, and you can bet we will talk about it again when more information comes out about that. But, Danny, you ready to talk about some finances? Sure. In the contra currency section, you're falling asleep here a little bit. I'm debating if I want to close my eyes. Okay, well we'll do this real quick and then then we'll uh we'll all go home here. But back to the news. Weekly winners. Cavalier of Thorns is our weekly winner, number one. Oh, weekly winners is an article that we read off of mtgstocks.com. They talk about three to five cards that move up in price and three to five cards that are moving down in price. We read the article on Monday. They post it out on Friday, so there may be price discrepancies between then and now, and we will point them out as they come up. Cavalier of Thorns. We talked about this earlier with Jay and Chris mm-hmm. being part of the Mono Green Devotion deck, and that is pretty much one of the reasons why this is moving up in price is because that Mono Green Devotion deck is very popular as well. And this also fits in the Fire of Fires of Invention deck as well. The fact that this can come down look six deep, five deep, look five deep, and get a Nykthos into play is really strong for these ramp-style decks, and it adds three pips to the Devotion as well. 
This jumped up 356%, chilling around 13.93 as of Friday, but today, Monday, you get and get it for 11.85 market price, average 14.87. Foils are going for $29, a European Dang. average of 2 euros and 99 cents. Christian send us like 14 of them. It has a couple other printings. You got the pre-release printing, which is stamped, and that's going for an uh, average price of eighteen fifty. And then you get the promo pack one, which has the little planeswalker symbol that is going for sixteen ninety nine as average price. And yeah, you can get them there if you want. Next up, we have Dika Fractal Theorist, Blue Four, Legendary Creature, Human Wizard. 3-3 that has Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, create a 0-0 green and blue fractal creature token. Put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it where X is that spell's mana value. 3 and a blue target creature token can't be blocked this turn. As of Friday, it jumped up 152% and was at $6.29. Today, market price eleven twenty three. Average price twelve forty nine. European average 60 cents this does not have a foil the normal printing the one that you can find in the deck but it does have an extended art that is going for about $18 average price from Commander Legends Uh, no the what was it turning on I thought the other one was Commander Legends the Strixhaven uh, no, Strixhaven deck. Uh, so this the uh, the extended art one comes out in the set boosters I was was thinking Legends not I wasn't I wasn't reading words. I was just thinking words. You're all good. So this is moving up in price because Magecraft, whenever Broken. you cast or copy in this or sorcery, when you come to the not connive, uh, casualty abilities where you cast copy spells and stuff, it pairs very well with that. You're getting new cards. This is seeing new life there. And it also has gotten a mention on the command zone as a budget upgrade to the Maestro's Massacre deck. So command zone effect. Next up, Mana Bond. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Single green enchantment during your discard phase. You may choose to put all land cards from your hand into play if you do discard the rest of your hand. Jumped up 74%. Now it's showing around 50. This is moving up because of legacy play. In the mulch and winding way kind of deck, you're able to drop down Field of the Dead, get a lot of triggers, Life of the Loam, other cards that you discard away and stuff. Uh, As of today, it is... Not as high. You get a market price of around thirty dollars and fifty-two cents, average of forty-five fifty, European average of fifteen euros and twenty cents. This is not a reserve list card, mind you. It's printed in Exodus, has not seen a reprint since. So, yeah, and it probably won't. It probably might though. Probably it might. probably we won't. got we got secret layers and stuff, man. And but is that print. really a reprint? It is a reprint. People can get them for. <laughs> Set amount of price. Look at Congruent co- Crossroads. That's a $50 card that's put in a $30 set, and you're getting some other lands there. So it's like you're getting, a what, 20% off? I still don't consider that a true re- reprint. Yeah, print to demand. It's going to move up in price, but you can get them cheap for a set amount of time. You got to be kind of fast. And I guess that's one of the things, you know? A, re- a reprint isn't... I don't consider a reprint a reprint unless it's in a mass set half a reprint then because i know like brainstorm brewery they talk about like uh some of those things where it's like not a full reprint but like half a reprint i feel like half a reprint for being in a secret layer is is fair enough yeah i suppose it puts it back in circulation newer version of it but 
it's not out there in the masses. Yeah, it, it, it's going to move up in price at some point. Oh, yeah, because new, the new arch is going to go up. Can we talk about a card that is moving up in price here as well? Sure. This card I'm happy about. I picked up a bunch of these for like two bucks. Uh, I, think I, I think I got like five normal borders, and I got like five extended, and I think three extended foils. So I got a few of these. Academy Manufacturer. Three colorless artifact creature assembly worker one three. If you would create a clue, food, or treasure token instead, create one of each instead. This jumped up sixty four percent and is now around eight fifty as of Friday. But today market price is eight twenty seven. Average price of eight seventy five. Foils are going for twelve dollars of the normal version, the pack regular, and then you can get your uh, the European average is a euro sixty five. Uh, the extended arts, I'm going to mention this one because I got some of them. Extended arts are $10.09, average price of $10.90. Foils. Woo! I fucking banked there. $24.90 you can that, get them for. That is if you sell them at that price. Yeah. So I imagine I could probably sell mine for like 20 bucks a pop and I made $60 there. Because I, like I said, I'm pretty sure uh, I can look up again, but I think I got the foils for around $4. So that is uh, twelve, so forty-eight dollars profit on just those foils alone. Pretty good. Yeah, and so uh, Academy Manufacturer moving up a price because we have, as we mentioned again earlier in the episode, thirty-six cards in Streets of New Capenna that deal with tokens, treasure tokens, and one of the biggest ones is there. It is uh, Ginny Faye Jetmere's second. For hybrid gruel green hybrid Selesnia, you get a legendary creature elf druid 3-3. If you would create one or more tokens, create that. Cr- you may instead create that many 2-2 green cat creature tokens with haste or that many 3-1 dog creature tokens with vigilance. So one treasure can net you three 3-1 dogs or three 2-2 cats with haste. And that hits hard. And that's just like one of the synergies that you can get in there. You also have... Uh, it's a good upgrade to the Obscure Operation deck, and they have a Mardu list with in uh, Modern. Yeah, and Modern going on, because Cauldron Familiar and uh, Witch's Oven. You're just pumping out a bunch of stuff, and then you're going in for a kill with Ravenous School by sacking a bunch of tokens or just having food and drawing cards for days. It is fitting in a lot of different decks. So that's moving up in price. Danny, you want to read the cheap pickups here? I suppose I can read from right here. Uh, first up, we have Glacial Fortress. It is currently sitting at four ninety four and moving up. So if you can buy it, buy it now. This is a land that can be played in Pioneer, quote unquote. Lands. I think we said this. I think we've said this on the podcast before. But uh, location, location, location. Get your get your lands. Get real estate. There we go. Um, next up, we have Kodama of the West Tree, sitting at $6.04, slowly trending down. Um, that was a pretty good commander card for a while. And it can be good here still, too. Uh, you put plus one counters on creatures, and when they, the plus one counter creatures deal damage, you get a search for basic lands, put them on the battlefield tap. Mm-hmm. And with Connive. Connive is in Esper. So, I mean, maybe there's a little bit of a workaround and shit that you got to do, but... You go in something like that. Right. Um, next up, we have um, Abonal Death Dracolich sitting at $5 and slowly trending down. It is Black Black 2 for a zombie dragon. 
uh, Flying Flash. It enters battlefield taps. You may cast this from your graveyard if a creature not named this died this turn. It's a 5-2. That's pretty cool. Because typically, like, if you cast uh, something from the graveyard, you got to, like, exile something, discard stuff. But it's just another creature has to die, and you can cast this thing from the graveyard. Yeah, you just sack something, and then... You can just cast, cast a 5-2. Right? For four. Flyer. Yeah, for Flash. Well, guys, there's your weekly winners. Uh, the thought cast was just, like, the whole Pioneer conversation with Jay and Chris there. Yeah, that was the whole two-thirds of the beginning. Very much so. Minus... Minus the episode that if you've watched or if you're a Patreon that you'll hear for 45 minutes of just me yelling at Matt. Oh, God. So this is going to happen. Well, Magic Folk, if you made it to the end of this... Oh, what are we at for time? Let's let's do a quick... Fuck. Hour and 51 minutes. Surprisingly, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Not as bad. I've I've been here for almost five hours. You love me. Magic Folk, if you made it to the end of this far, fuck, you love us too. Greatly appreciated. Thank you so very much. Pat yourself on the back, and we'd hope to see you next week. Hopefully, we didn't scare you away. We all want to give a big thank you to our Patreons who think that this content is worth supporting. Thank you so very much. We appreciate that just as much. We'd also like to give a big thank you to JW Sports Cards and Gaming for sponsoring us. And if you're looking for anything magic related, go check them out. Now, Danny. Do you have anything else you want to add to this podcast? Uh, I'm just apologizing to Jay about the delay um, earlier today. Yes, Jay, um, you are a fucking champ for dealing with that. But yeah, for those who were watching our Twitch earlier, Christian, um, we are sorry. We are so cruel. So, so deeply sorry. I bet Danny has learned to make sure to check his browser tabs now. But uh, we also now know how to and why we don't do things without Matt. You're welcome, guys. And with that, Magic Folk, we'll catch you next time. See ya. Congratulations! You made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! Who hurt you? Arena players. I'm sorry. No, we're not.